0: Hello and welcome to Safe Travels. I am your host, Damien. Safe Travels podcast is about finding expert advice so that you can enjoy worry-free travels. Today's show is for people thinking about taking a cruise. Cruise lines have been under a no-sale order from the CDC since the middle of March, but they are starting to look forward to taking bookings again. If you are thinking about taking a cruise, you probably still have a lot of concerns. Nobody is really sure how the cruise lines will be opening. Nobody knows when they will be opening. It's hard to know what to expect when you get on the ship. And then there's the whole problem of booking a trip cancellations, and having to reschedule. Today's guest will be able to help with that. We will be speaking with Nicole Ratner from cruisingwiththefamily.com. Nicole writes a lot of unbiased content on her website. She's not affiliated with any cruise line. and She's not an agent. So everything she writes is from experience. She has a lot of great insights into what's happening in the cruise business. And then besides the coronavirus situation, she will provide a lot of general cruise planning trips for people that have not done that before. There will be show notes with links. You can find that at our Twitter feed. The handle is safetravelsfm. Please enjoy the this short discussion with Nicole from cruisingwiththefamily.com. Nicole, thank you very much for joining today.
1: Oh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Would you mind introducing yourself to the listener, who you are, what you do, and your area of expertise?
1: Sure. My name is Nicole, and I am a cruise enthusiast and an author and blogger over at cruisingwiththefamily.com. So I'm passionate. I'm a mom, so I talk a lot about family travel, hence cruising with the family. But I'm just a mom who's completely passionate about the travel industry. It's. I grew up in the travel industry. My mother was a travel agent for many years, and I traveled with my father whenever they had whenever he had business trips. Kind of dovetailed that into a career as a director of meetings. And I got to, you know, travel and site visit properties all over the world and even book group cruises. So I would say probably a little after after 8 years as an executive director i kind of left that corporate world to really focus on the family and uh, traveling was still such a passion i decided that i wanted to share my experiences you know with my friends and family and those who kept asking how did we cruise so many times and how do you do it i'm afraid to go and that's where the blog kind of came about and i decided that i would instead of focusing on the blog kind of focus on the book i just love that i get to share my unbiased opinions because i'm not a travel agent i want to make sure that i say that and i'm not Paid by the cruise lines to say either they're good or bad.
0: And with the blog, you mentioned family. Is it really focused around family and cruising, or is it more of a general cruising
1: Yeah, it's definitely focused around family, but anybody who's looking to cruise, you will gain information from reading through the posts as well. And I do write about experiences. If my husband, Dan, and I go by ourselves, I will also write about our experiences while we've cruised.
0: Well, I think that'll be helpful because I want to speak to you today about coming out of coronavirus, a lot of the cruise lines are starting to plan their reopenings. I think a lot of those people that are traveling as a family probably have specific concerns about coronavirus, certainly from a safety standpoint. What is the current plan right now for cruise lines to start sailing again?
1: That's like the million-dollar question. I think everybody yeah. wants to know, when can we sail again? And it's it's really up and down right now. So what I can tell you and that many know is that the Centers for Disease Control came out with a ban on all sailings until the end of July. So that was kind of the first part of how all of this started, and that was back in April actually, mm-hmm. that they came out with that. Even though cruise lines had already canceled sailings in March, we actually were affected on a sailing we were supposed to take. But most recently, the members of the Cruise Line Industry Association have decided and banded together to effectively halt all sailings through September 15th. And then Beyond that, we've seen Carnival just this week. They announced that they won't sail until after September 30th. Royal Caribbean just came out this week with a whole list of certain sailings that won't go at all through the rest of 2020. You know, Bermuda, for instance, is one of them that won't see very many people there this year if they see them at all. So each cruise line is definitely different right now. I think it's safe to say I'm not sure that we're going to see the cruise lines cruise in 2020, but I think that they are very hopeful.
0: Right. So it seems like on top of the CDC ban ends the end of July. And then what was the group that you said extended it through September 15th?
1: So, members of the Cruise Line Industry Association. So, the cruise ship members. So, your Royal and Norwegian Carnival, you know, those are your top three players.
0: That covers a lot of the big ones. I mean, in general, the cruise industry is a member of that and they've agreed to that.
1: Exactly. And then we still don't know. I mean, the CDC could come out and put an additional ban, even though they've already said that they're going to halt it. CDC is a lot like if some of, you know, your listeners are dealing with schools reopening and whatnot. A lot of what's happening is similar to that. You know, the CDC is requiring the cruise lines to come up with a game plan. You know, how are you going to be compliant when you open? And so they have to submit those plans and those plans are going to have to be approved before anything can move forward. So when you look at that aspect, then on top of it, contracts for your crew and your employees getting them back on board, trained. We've got a couple months here at least before I think we're going to see anything really set sail.
0: Right. Would you guess part of that too is just the cruise line seeing that their ridership or whatever you would call it would not be that high as we get back into this? They probably want to wait until they can get enough people on a ship where it becomes profitable for them.
1: Yeah, I, I have to imagine that would be part of it because I I'm sure no ship wants to sail at fifty percent capacity. It probably doesn't make mm-hmm. sense, you know, and I don't know all the inner workings behind that, but it probably does not make sense for them to sail at 50% capacity. Not to mention they need to be sailing to a foreign port. And so a lot of those ports aren't even open or haven't opened yet. And so a lot of Canada, for one, we won't see any sailings there until at least November at this point. It could be longer because the borders are closed.
0: So you say it needs to be to a foreign port?
1: Yeah, typically when you sail from the United States based, a lot of people are like, well, just get us on board. We just want to cruise to nowhere. And and I'm one of those people. I I would get on a cruise ship and just sit in the middle of the ocean and be perfectly happy and content, as would my family. And that could also be one of their own private islands even. So I think they're definitely looking right now at, okay, what is this going to look like when we reopen? Because we're not going to be able to do some of the ports that we're used to doing. So what can we change? And how does that affect all the different ship itineraries? Even the ships that are supposed to be debuting won't be necessarily debuting when they thought. So, yeah.
0: Right. And then other than the CDC situation that's going on, is there any other government restriction right now?
1: None that I'm aware of.
0: Okay, and then are the cruise lines are they taking bookings?
1: Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I, I I see all sides of the coin here because there's so many people that were canceled in March that rebooked for August, and now they're canceled again. And so there's definitely frustration on cruise ship passengers on that level because they just they just want to sail again. So I know that there's definite frustration there. But yes, they are they are booking, and they're allowing you. If you did cancel, you have many options. You can get a full refund. You can get a future cruise credit plus money that they're giving you, you know, to keep your booking, to move your booking. So there's definitely options that are there. passengers.
0: So it seems like they're pushing the dates back a little bit. So when Mm -hmm. are these bookings for? Are they in the fall or are they into next year?
1: So technically right now, any bookings that are after September 15th for the lines, except for Carnival, because Carnival said that they won't sail until after September 30th. So right now, technically, if you have an October 1 booking, you're good to go unless we hear further.
0: Mm-hmm. and Do you know anything about the amount of bookings taking place? Are people actually starting to plan trips again?
1: So from what I understand, they're booking at a rapid speed. The cruises were already, they were only off by about maybe 10 to 15%. This was a couple months ago versus the previous year. So now there's almost five months worth of cruisers that want to rebook. So they are seeing the rebooking happening and no issues with people rebooking. I honestly think I'm going to have a difficult time rebooking the cruise that was canceled for me. So and why is that it'll be interesting? Well, I haven't booked it yet I probably should have booked it a little bit sooner But I was waiting to see how this would play out because I was really hoping that we could get on one in august So with that being said now what I need to do is you know I'd like to go on the same ship I was booked on the cruise I was supposed to be on was also a special cruise because it was my husband and I celebrating our 10th anniversary We were going to renew our vows on board and it's the ship that we were engaged on so, you know, it has special meaning to us. And that particular ship, it was leaving out of Port of Baltimore. It's going to be leaving that port next year. So we have a more of a limited opportunity to be able to get on board, especially if they're already full. We also travel with family. So when there's additional rooms that need to be had, whether or not they're connecting or adjoining, sometimes those are more difficult to find the more the ships are booked. So right now we're looking at all of our options and hoping that we'll be able to find something to sail early. It looks like early in 2021.
0: Okay. So as people start to book things again, if they are going to take the plunge and get back onto a cruise ship, can you provide some insight as far as what they can expect when they start sailing again?
1: So I've sat in on a lot of webinars, some with CEOs of the various cruise lines. I can tell you that their main priority is going to be compliance. So I don't know what that looks like, but if that means that the CDC's guidelines are social distancing, then the cruise line is going to look to social distance. So what does that look like? Okay, that looks like maybe additional staggered times in a dining hall. That could mean uh, less seating in the shows to be able to see any of the entertainment shows. It might mean more entertainment shows. You know, that way more people are able to see, but less at a time, right? Those are just some examples of the things, whether or not they need masks, that will all kind of come about, I'm sure, at a later date. And I'm pretty sure each of the line will have their own rules and regulations on what they're going to be doing. So it's really, really important that if you are looking to sail on a particular line, that you go to their website and look at their COVID-19 and their travel policies and what they're thinking that it might look like down the line if they have anything.
0: So in addition to the general compliance, it sounds like they're trying to comply with what the government's saying to do. How else can travelers know that it's a good time to get back on a ship again, that it's safe?
1: You know, I hate to say that no one's really going to know when it's safe to travel again, right? I mean, you know, there's no vaccine, right? And there's also no reason to know if this is ever going to go away. So I think what's going to matter to people when when booking cruises especially is the process, right? So what's your process of cleaning? What's, your, what's the safety of the cruise line? What's the filtration system like? Does that even matter? You know, I think it's going to come down to the cruise lines determining what's necessary based on science. So ultimately, it's going to be a personal decision for really knowing when it's safe to travel again, I think, at this point in time.
0: As far as cleaning procedures and safety procedures on the ships, do you have any other insight as far as what they're going to be doing? Have you heard about... Any interesting things that a certain cruise lines are doing?
1: Well, you know what's funny about cruising is that they've had major safety precautions in place just on an – ordinary without COVID-19 hitting. I mean, it's normal to have people standing outside of any of the dining halls and areas with hand sanitizers. They they pump it onto your hand for you as you walk in. Several of the ships we've been on actually have a whole bank of sinks as you walk into the dining halls that you wash your hands before you go into the buffet area. So I think from one perspective, they've kind of been on top of that. Versus just going to a regular restaurant in your neighborhood, you know, they've had to deal with norovirus for years. So I think from that standpoint, I don't think that we're going to see any other major changes because they were already on top of it.
0: They were already doing a lot yeah, of it.
1: they were. Absolutely. You know, because when you cruise, you're in a contained environment. There really is no, quote unquote, social distancing, if you will. But I have to say, of the ships I've been on, I've never felt claustrophobic, if you will. Like, I've never felt like I've been so packed in that I didn't have space to breathe or that I would be concerned about somebody coughing on me or anything like that. So I'm not I'm not too concerned about that. I think that they've been really on top of everything they need to be on top of.
0: So what advice would you give to somebody that is thinking about booking a cruise? Can you give them some tips?
1: I would say book it. If you're looking at doing it, book it. The worst thing that's going to happen is it could get canceled. But I will say that the cruise lines are, are also giving. They're giving you free money if the cruises get canceled. So that's always a positive. And it's also a great time because you might see some really great savings, but the can- cancellation policies are also really, really good for people right now. So I would also say to look into the insurance, it's really important to know what your travel insurance covers. And along those lines, working with an agent, I think right now it's a really great time to be able to support travel agents because they are their own small businesses and they've seen a hard hit and people don't realize that they don't get paid until after the trip is usually taken. So when we've seen so many cancellations, but especially if you've been looking at some really great itinerary, but thought that it was maybe out of your reach, that you couldn't afford it, now's the time to really look because you might find a great deal.
0: I think you mentioned free money with cancellations. Can you describe that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So for example, our cruise was scheduled to depart March 29th. I was one of those people. I was like, I'm going, I'm not canceling, And at the time it was, it affects mostly older people. And, you know, we didn't really have a lot of knowledge in March about the virus itself. And I was like, well, worst case scenario, I'm going to be stuck on a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean. But that for me, I don't think I'd be too bothered by that. So I kept telling my husband and my family, I was like, look, I'm not going to cancel this cruise. I'm going to wait and have them cancel on me. The reason being is because we were able to receive additional onboard credit. So actually for the length of the cruise we did, we were able to receive an additional $600 of credit. We will be able to use that on our next trip. And basically what that is, is that is money that will be sitting on your account the day you board. And so anything that you charge to your account will just get deducted from the 600. So you could use it to pay for drinks. You could use it to pay for shore excursions, arcade time for the kids, gifts for the kids, bingo. Yeah. And that's a, that's a lot of money. I mean, $600 is a lot of money for a family of four. You know, you could easily get in one to two excursions with that kind of money. Um, You can also apply it to gratuities or you know anything else.
0: Sure. Do you know how that was determined? Is that a percentage of the total amount that you had booked?
1: So it's determined, I think, on the length of the trip. So it was 600 for seven nights and greater. So less than that, I think, was 300. It's determined based on the length of your trip and fairly standard. So we've seen that pretty much kind of across the board.
0: And I think you also mentioned about some leniency in cancellations. Are they being pretty forgiving right now?
1: So they're being incredibly forgiving right now. And I think what's really great is that they're offering all different kinds of programs. So for example, they're And you'll see it in the media campaigns, like on the commercials, television commercials or ads you might be getting, but like Royal has their kind of cruise with confidence and Norwegian we've seen like peace of mind. And it's basically allows you that option of if you book by a certain date and sail within a certain date, you have up to say 48 hours to cancel and receive a future cruise credit. Okay. So you won't necessarily get your money back in your pocket, but if you decide, you know what, I'm not ready. I thought I would be ready. At least it provides you that opportunity to be able to just kind of space bank that money and then use it to a future cruise credit. So, yeah, I think it's really important to check on what the cancellation policies are. Mm.
0: Because they're fairly well known as having not very lenient cancellation policies. So that seems like quite a change that they've done.
1: Yeah. Well, so usually, you know, your final payments do 90 days before you sail. So that's three months before you sail. After that, you're not getting your money back. So yes, it is much different currently based on the pandemic.
0: Well, that's great. I think that gives people a good overview of what to look for as far as cruises with post-coronavirus. They're trying to book. They're trying to get people on the Mm -hmm. ships. And for those thinking about it, you provided some great tips. And I'd love to get some general. So stepping away from coronavirus a little bit. Just in general, let's pretend that we're a year or two down the line and some of this is in the rear view mirror. What are some of your essential tips when people are planning a cruise?
1: So the first thing I tell people all the time is that you need to find a good fit for your family or for you. So just because it's a new ship, it doesn't mean it's necessarily the right ship for you and your family. I know people get so excited when they see the newest and the latest and the greatest come out. But it, I think what it comes down to most is what does your family require? If they're young kids, and let's just go with the fact that maybe they're not in diapers for this instance, you would want to find a ship that had a pool and some type of kids club possibly and some entertainment. And that very well may be enough to keep them satisfied. So I think that that is the biggest tip I could give anybody is to really sit down and talk about what. Each person in the family wants to get out of the vacation and what's really the point of it.
0: Well, that's great. And as far as planning cruises, you probably see people make a lot of mistakes. What are (laughs) some of those and how can
1: you help them avoid them? Oh my goodness. So, all right. I would say don't ask for anybody's opinion, especially on a social media site, unless you can handle negativity. I have to Mm -hmm. say, you know, people love to give their two cents, but they also like to complain and they tend to speak up more on the negative versus the positive. Right. right. So I have seen, I can't tell you how many I've seen. So one of my favorite ships happens to be a very small ship that sails out of the port of Baltimore. It's a Royal Caribbean ship. The name is Grandeur of the Seas. She's getting ready to be retired, and I love the ship because it's beautiful. It's small, so I would say it's mid-sized passengers. It's about twenty-four hundred passengers. The centrum, which is the open area in the middle of the ship when you get on, is just filled with glass windows, and so it just lets the beauty of the ocean in. So you never feel like you're just inside somewhere. You know, there's just all this natural light and just the beauty. Well, I've heard people you know, constantly ask, you know, oh, I'm about to travel on the ship with my young kids, you know, should I go? And then all of a sudden there's all these negative posts, like it's an old ship and just old people cruise on it and you your kids won't be happy and there's no slides or there's no this. And that's why I think what's really important is when I go back to that tip, right, of finding what's important to your family is that you hone in on what matters. Because again, if what matters to my kids is that maybe there's a pool and a camp and some entertainment, then that ship has all three of those factors. I think one of the first mistakes is asking other people on social media, what's your opinion? I think what's better is to maybe visit some reputable sites to inquire or speak to agents or look up fellow bloggers. I mean, a simple Google search, and you could probably find some information or YouTube, a quick search on YouTube, and you I mean, you'll get tons of videos that pop up. I would say that's probably one mistake. Okay, the second mistake has got to be probably packing too much, right? So we have a huge packing list that we've called that really breaks it down into kind of age groups that you're traveling with. I know a lot of people bring along a lot of extras, but a lot of it just isn't necessary. And the really cool, absolutely cool kind of hacks for cruising, if you will, but I don't necessarily think that they're needed. Just an example might be walkie-talkies. The ships are small enough that you'll be able to meet up and find your kids. Some people bring like shoe holders for over the door to store their stuff. So again, it's more of a personal preference, I think, along that line. But I think almost every cruiser will admit to overpacking at least once in their life. And I will tell you, we packed it was such a joke. We packed 21 pairs of shoes one time for a cruise. 21. <laughs> 21 for mm-hmm. four people. There were four people. So, after that we set a rule that it was three shoes per person. Because you realize once you go you're like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't even wear that," you know, because maybe you've worn something twice or you're like, "Oh, I didn't I just didn't need all this stuff." So, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a common mistake that people make with any kind of trip.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: And then how about misconceptions or myths about cruising, maybe for a first-timer or someone that's never done it before? Can you help debunk any of those?
1: Well, let's see. The first thing I probably hear the most from people is, I can't go on a cruise because I'm going to get seasick. I can't say that you will get seasick, but I can't say that you won't. So what I can say is that you can prepare for it really well. And there are so many products out there. I mean, they make C-bands for your wrist that you can wear, good old-fashioned Dramamine Bonine. I think it depends. Know when the waters are going to be rougher. New England waters are rougher than going out of Florida. And if you're going to sail in the winter months out of New England, you need to expect that the waves will be a little bit rougher. And so that could cause some type of motion sickness. So I think just discounting it because you assume that you'll get sick is not healthy. I think just go for it and try it and be prepared, I think is really important. We talked about it a little bit before about small ships being boring. I find it to be quite the opposite. I've been on a really large ship on one line and I've been on midsize smaller ships. And I have to say that I had the best experience on the smaller ships. I think just overall, the staff was more attentive to our needs so that feeling and that creating of that experience of being waited on and everything was taken care of was really there versus not having that on a larger ship kind of feeling like a small person in a big pond right. if you will you know i think the only other thing for debunking and it's super controversial it's really when we talk about gratuities because a lot of people, you know, gratuities are something that you can prepay in advance or you can wait and pay them on board. Typically, gratuities are split up however the cruise line determines they want to split it up into different pots. So it could go to the front of the house people that you're coming in contact with each day. It could come to the back of the house people, the ones that are doing the laundry. You never know. What I will say about gratuities is that they don't pay the salaries of the crew members. And a lot of people I think, feel that they do. And so if somebody decides not to pay their gratuities, it's kind of frowned upon. I will say uh, there have been multiple times where I have not paid gratuities for my children. My husband and I typically always pay our gratuities in full, but when it comes to the kids, the gratuities range from anywhere from $14 per day, let's say up to 17 or 18 It does depend on the type of cabin category that you have. So there have been times where I don't pay for my children. The reason being for us is that I would rather hold that money back and give cash gratuities at the end of the cruise directly to those who really helped make our experience what it was. Sometimes that'll be giving cash tips to the counselors at the kids camp for the work that they do. And sometimes it's giving gratuities to the room steward and the dining staff that's with you each week. And I do believe gratuities are a way to say thank you for the work that you've done. I find it more fulfilling and gratifying to be able to sometimes withhold that. And it depends. You know, that won't always be the case. Sometimes we will go ahead. But it also, how many times did they come to my room to clean it? I'm one of those that even when we travel to a hotel, I don't have the the maids or housekeeping or anybody come into the room to clean usually when we're there, unless we're there for a long period of time. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's, that is a huge, huge controversial topic in the cruising industry.
0: Right. Well, and it seems that like your method gives you the option to to really get it to exactly where you want it to go to instead of into that pool.
1: Right. And a lot of people don't understand that they are optional. I think they think that they just have to pay them. And I do think that if somebody's on a budget and that's the determining factor that it's okay, in my opinion, I do think you do need to tip the people that have helped you while you are there and that have made your experience a good one.
0: Well, that's great. Thank you. This has been very good, I think, for both the coronavirus people that are looking for uh, a way to start planning, even though this is still going on a little bit, and then the general trip. So I appreciate it very much. Great tips. Where can people find you online. Where should we send them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm at cruisingwiththefamily.com and then also with the handles cruising with the family on Facebook and Instagram.
0: Awesome. We'll link yeah. to that in the show notes. Great. Thanks again, Nicole. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I'm I'm looking forward to having people travel and cruise again. We can't wait.
0: I agree. All right. Thanks again. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed the talk with Nicole. You should have a much better understanding now of what's going on in the cruise business, even though there are still a lot of unknown things. It's very good to know that cruise lines are being lenient with cancellation policy. It's good to know that there are some very good deals out there that you can take advantage of, and that, in general, from a safety standpoint, the cruise lines are very focused on compliance with recommendations from various organizations. I have a small favor to ask. I think that this is a very helpful show, Safe Travels. I'm certainly biased, but I have heard the same thing from other listeners. The goal is to help people enjoy worry free travels, and there aren't any other shows really doing this. I would love for it to gain in some popularity and get some more listeners and help some more people. So you can help get the word out. You can send an email to a friend with a link to an episode. You can share it on social media. You can leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. That's a very helpful one. I would very much appreciate it. Thanks again. Safe travels.